everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Diary of a Trans Man. I'm your host, Alex Hastings. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your podcast. This is a very special episode of Diary of a Trans Man. Today I'm going to be giving an interview to Maria Connor, author of the new book, Girl Shock. I dressed as a girl for Halloween, but then she took over my life. You can find this book on Amazon or at your local bookstore. After escaping from her straight dude suburban life, Maria Connor has been exploring and rocking San Francisco for over 15 years. She started off as an engineer in the tech world, but then migrated into corporate management, consulting, financial planning, marketing sales, and lobbying. She's written several books on green energy and corporate politics, but got so fed up with that world, she decided to try something completely different and live a trans life in San Francisco. Having lived all over the world, but originating in Jersey, San Francisco has become Maria's true home. Welcome to the show, Maria Connor. You came into the LGBT community around 2006. What are some of the changes that you've seen in the community for transgender people in the last 15 years? The biggest change by far is that when I first arrived here, there was a strong M to F trans community, and that's unfortunately largely gone. Divas the City's trans bar was packed on the weekends. It was amazing. And I would consistently run across members of the trans community at Divas and various queer and mixed venues around the city. And there were several trans and cross-dressing clubs and services both in the city and around the Bay. That is all gone now, including Divas, which went out of business in 2019. It's really sad. You have no town square, so to speak, to find trans folks in person. You have to go online and don't get me started with how lousy a way that is to meet people. Online helps folks who don't live in a city like San Francisco, but online was a huge factor in destroying San Francisco's trans and alternative communities. San Francisco used to have a dyke lesbian bar and a lipstick lesbian bar. They're both gone too. But on the flip side, trans is more mainstream. So you see more trans people in straight clubs. And now they also have these queer clubs, which are inclusive of all gender variations. So it's no lesbian club, but there's a clear queer club. And in today's San Francisco, uh, trans folks are not only accepted, but people are very aware of trans folks. And many are very interested and love to chat with us. I'm glad I had those early experiences of a trans community. The real loss is that folks who are curious about this culture can't just go to a place, a town square, so to speak, to meet a trans community. The younger generation is more open and coming out is much easier. But still, it would be nice if folks coming out as trans or folks who just wanted to explore their sexuality or just visit the community if they could find a community, but now it's almost impossible to do. It's, it's much, much harder. You certainly can't do it on a, in one week, like on a trip. Before, you could come here for an evening and meet a whole trans community. It must be exciting living in San Francisco. I've spent the last few years moving around in rural areas, but I'd love to head back to city life. 
What advice can you give to the listeners about moving to the big city from more rural or suburban places, and how can they integrate into the local LGBT community? It's exciting to live here, but now that trans is more mainstream and there are really no trans meeting places, one can probably do this in any big city. However, San Francisco is still a preferred destination because you have a community here and a history and a lot of resources that can help provide information and services to a trans person. Plus, it's also a lot of e- a lot easier to get your preferred job as a trans person because not only is it pretty much mainstream here, there are many city and state laws protecting trans folks. So the most important thing to think about is what city is the best for you and do you choose San Francisco versus another city that might be easier for you to move to or get a job in your field? And of course, San Francisco is unfortunately very, very expensive. Uh, The surrounding area in San Francisco is probably the most expensive in the country. So you really should consider uh, whether or not you can find a place that's less expensive. Once you do get to the big city, um, I would say the best way to meet people is just to go out to a variety of events and clubs on a regular basis and find those places you like hanging out. I don't spend much time online. I, I find it actually ironic that a lot of these online famous T-girls in real life don't actually have that much of a trans life. So I think being in a city, uh, there's nothing we, – we found out during COVID, there's nothing beats – meaning a community in person. It's like trying to describe pizza to somebody without letting them try it. You just simply need to do it. Thank you for that advice, Maria. After reading your book, I understand you have a vast amount of experience in the entertainment industry with your show, Under the Golden Gate, and your work as a performance entertainer. What made you decide to add author to your credentials? In today's frenzied media environment, I saw the written word, a book in particular, as the only way to tell a complex and nuanced story. It was so frustrating with my video show, Under the Golden Gate, when I tried to string together a few concepts. Like, for example, I had one live show with two guests. One was the editor of the San Francisco Bay Guardian talking about the impact of gentrification, a topic that so many folks in the alternative community were always talking about. I also had a kink porn star from kink.com on the same show. And guess what? In the month after we posted these videos, the porn star got thousands of views and lots of engagement. I spent a lot of time on Twitter in particular chatting with folks. And the Guardian bit got 40 views with not a single comment. Zero engagement. I was kind of hoping we would get more engagement on more serious topics by bundling it with fun and sexy topics, kind of like Playboy used to do, but that never happened. So I essentially did that with my my book, Girl Shock. I didn't write it specifically about these serious topics. I wrote it to talk about the whole experience. Any great experience is going to be fun and enlightening. And it seems that the best way to express that is is in an extended written form and better yet, integrating with media like pictures and videos, what I did. To me, that's the future of immersive writing, a multimedia experience. This is about life, real life. And it's hard to tell that in a social media environment with with a stream. You really need to write about your life when you have all these pictures on social media. Why not put it into a book? 
You make a good point there. Is there a specific audience that you intend to read your new book? When I wrote the book, I was actually thinking of both curious straight people and trans folks. I actually see a lot of overlap between the two. I went on the journey from straight to trans, and I still relate to both communities. There are so many curious straight people out there who want to discover it a little more, not only sexually, but the spiritual and creative freedom that comes with it. And for me, the difference between being straight and trans is more about the opportunities that were available to me at the time. So I see the discovery of trans and the path to allowing yourself to explore to be part of a continuum. I know from firsthand experience just how interested straight folks are in exploring this topic. I've met tens of thousands of folks performing and being around town and caulking up with a lot of them. I think fear or lack of opportunity is stifling many of us. I hope that this book will help inform folks, may open their minds maybe, encourage them to discover, and of course, entertain them. And sure, the dirty sex is entertaining, but it is equally as spiritually enlightening. And I'm, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm very serious about this. I see this as an essential part of being a whole person who can operate at the top of their game and put their best self forward out in the world, like in work, family, and play. And uh, keep in mind, uh, I also really think that there are some forces in our society that are using our sexuality against us. So 15 years is a long time to juggle between two competing lives. Understanding that everyone is different in the amount of time it takes for self-discovery, are you happy with the path your life took, or do you wish you'd moved faster or slower? Yes, it is a long time. Um, I'm happy with the speed it took me. When I think back, yeah, maybe I would have liked it for it to gone a little bit faster, but there was so much to experience and learn. I don't think I could have done it any faster. Actually, I'm really fortunate that I was able to experience so much in those 15 years. Fortunate in so many ways. Um, the hardest part for me was giving up on the dude. That's my male side, as I call myself in the book. I love being a woman, and I love being with men when I'm a woman. But I really like being a straight guy with women. I actually probably prefer it. But for some reason, the dude just doesn't attract women very effectively. I still really don't know why, and it's really kind of a bitter subject to me. But uh, at some point, I had to accept it. I wish I had given up on that quicker and just followed my trans path. I still don't know why I'm on this path, but it doesn't matter. That's the path I'm on. But on the other hand, now I have absolutely no doubt where I'm going into my trans life. I suppose the dude might find the right girl, but I'm not letting him affect my life. It's like he's a completely different person. Honestly, I only need him for his ability to make money. I mean, hate to say it. Well, actually, he does keep me emotionally healthy and stable. I guess in my heart, I'm straight in the sense that I like male-female relationships that kind of keep me balanced. And uh, I can only have them both, a balanced relationship, a balanced life by being trans. Just the way things worked out for me for whatever reason. 
So what advice then would you give to young trans women just starting their journey into womanhood? There's so much to consider here with much depending on how far along you are. I think the journey is uh, something like this, like first exploring a few times, you know, step number one, then you start living it part time. Then you might decide to go full time. Then you might come out and then getting a job is the opposite gen- gender is a, a big one. And then, then really going full time. Um, and each of these has its own challenges. And for each of these, I think different things are, are important. What immediately comes to mind is that with any really important pursuit, your decision to proceed and your commitment to it is is most important. It could be learning to play the piano. It could be exploring living as a girl part time. You know, you have to determine, yes, this is something that's really important to me. And I I want this to be a big part of my life. Whatever it is, it's um, you will make it happen. If, if it's something that you've made a commitment to, it's important enough to you will make it happen despite any any obstacles. It's so easy to fall into a frustrated victim mentality. We all do that when things don't go well, especially if you're surrounded by people who don't support you. There is a huge change in mindset when you go from depending on the community of your origin for emotional support, that is your family and friends that have developed over your formative years, uh, to a new community that represents where you're going. Uh, The level of acceptance, understanding, and joy, and people just experiencing 100% you and your community, it's hard to describe if you've never experienced it. It's a colossal difference. I can't even find the right word to describe it. You, You need to try it for yourself. And be determined to find people that you resonate with. You deserve it. If there's, if, if there's stuff going on in your head, unprogram it. You know, each of us typically will have a few crossroad moments in our lives where we need to completely change our life. And that usually involves the people around us in our everyday lives. You know, hopefully we still have family and friends who support us. And if some of them fall off, that's their problem, not yours. Don't even think about them. Don't fret about it. Don't even worry about them. It stings at first, but pretty soon it just doesn't matter. All right. Thank you, Maria, for coming on this show and giving your perspective uh, to the transgender experience. Now, if you can sum up your new book in just one word, what would it be? Roller coaster. Perfect. Once again, thank you to Maria Connor for coming on and doing this episode of Diary of a Trans Man. Not only is Maria a talented author, but she's a talented performer. So here to perform her version of Pink Floyd's Animals, Maria Connor.
little break. This is our little respite. We go out and party. But now it's still lurking. It knows we just want to go out. Now what? I'm driving it crazy.